Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. And we have a special panelist with us today. Uh, Keiston Franklin, U.S. Army post-9-11 veteran, both active and Illinois National Guard, as a combat medic and human intelligence person. He is vice president and COO of Warrior Summit Coalition. Uh, Keiston is a Florida native and stems from a family of civil servants. Uh, he actually uh, now as a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, Army veteran, and graduate student at the University of Chicago, wants to serve once again. This is time uh, for giving back to his community through economic opportunity and empowerment through hemp and cannabis. Halo Cannabis has recently submitted applications in Illinois for adult-use cannabis, dispensary, craft grower, and transporter licenses. Halo Holdings Group is currently expanding in, in Illinois and Florida operations in the hemp industry. It is so uh, such an honor and pleasure to have you on this uh, show. Uh, I, I was a combat uh, veteran myself, so we probably crossed tracks. And uh, once, once you said the intel side, I know you probably know Eli Williamson, one of my great friends. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, yeah. he's, so, uh, he's a big brother to me, you know. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this, about the veterans' ownership opportunities in uh, the Illinois cannabis industry? Yeah, so sure. Illinois has, you know, been very friendly for veterans, uh, holistically in general. Uh, With Illinois, you know, uh, I guess passing legislation uh, for cannabis sales and recreational front, uh, that legislation was very uh, favorable for social equity applicants, individuals affected by the war on drugs, drugs, as well as for veterans. There's uh, some points given for individuals. Uh, who served in service, who put in for ownership for uh, these cannabis businesses, whether it be retail, dispensary, craft grow, and then uh, transportation infusion uh, is part of the state's uh, initiative for veteran entrepreneurship to spur that. Uh, and they didn't leave veterans out in cannabis, which we're very excited about. Uh, but the thing that gets me is that there's so many job opportunities and then resources for veterans um, in the cannabis space. And, you know, everyone has this stigma uh, originally when you say right. cannabis, marijuana, uh, it's like, <laughs> oh, goodness, you know, the drugs, the, the, the EV, the, the green, the ganja. Uh, but when we look at business and cannabis and the cannabis industry, you there's over 500 types of jobs uh, that veterans can partake of or anyone looking at getting into the cannabis industry. You got accounting and finance, mm-hmm. uh, you have business development, you have cultivators, uh, those individuals who are growing, manufacturing, marketing, just a slew of uh, a whole shoe and gambit of, of, of jobs. Okay. Uh, and that's just in the cannabis space. That's not including the ancillary micro businesses. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So, you know, tell me something, because um, I, I remember uh, like an old story that said that our money used to be made out of hemp. And I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see too many people trying to smoke their money. <laughs> but, uh, right. but what's the difference between hemp and cannabis? 
Well, so I'm not the, uh, I guess uh, you would say, the resident expert on cultivating hemp and cannabis, yeah. uh, but I do know a little bit. So the, they're part of the same plant, the cannabis plant, okay. uh, except for hemp, it has less THC uh, uh, percentage in it. So it doesn't give you that hallucinogenic uh, effect. Uh, there are a lot of uses for uh, both THC and then uh, the CBD or CBN, which are right. different cannabinoids uh, in that uh, that come from that plant uh, for, for many uses for health and wellness. Uh, but hemp particularly, you have over 20-something thousand uses for hemp. You know, just as you mentioned, uh, some of the paper, the Constitution was written on hemp. Uh, the painters used to have canvases uh, that were made from hemp. Uh, there's, you know, hempcrete, oh, yeah. all sorts of uh, util and uh, textile industrial applications for that plant. Oh, great. Yeah. So the the, the, uh, the hemp has to be uh, one of those things that we uh, sort of look at from uh, more of an agricultural perspective, right? Because yeah. we grow all kinds of crops. And, you know, Illinois, we grow a lot of corn. We grow other things. But this is also a new uh, vista, you know, opening this up to um, a business opportunity. So how, how can people get involved with the business side of things as far as, you know, investments or how how, how does that sort of roll out for them? Well, the first thing, you know, looking at hemp uh, as any other business, you want to do your research, you okay, know, educate yes. yourself uh, on the legislation, you know, that's been passed, the Farm Bill, uh, that was Farm Bill enacted past 2018, uh, descheduling uh, hemp and cannabis off of the, the National Schedulization for Drugs. Uh, so now it's a Schedule 2, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, which allows for you know, anyone, private citizens, um, to mm-hmm. apply and receive a hemp license to cultivate industrial hemp as well as to process and manufacture. Now, so the first thing would be educate yourself on how to, you know, get those licenses within your state. Each state, even though it's nationally uh, recognized or no longer illegal uh, substance to cultivate and work with, mm-hmm. uh, each state has their own guidelines in which, you know, you must abide by. Um, and from there, educating, you know, looking at your niche, your, your, your passion, and most likely there's going to be a hemp application that you can apply, whether it be the uh, medical science, uh, health and wellness aspect, the cultivating, the business, the individuals who want to wholesale and resell, distribute transportation, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, uh, look at the opportunities uh, that are available, one, for business development, and then particularly for uh, hemp, you know, some of the resources like uh, the SBA, WBDC, those uh, DCEO, uh, USDA, uh, some of the state-funded agencies that have programs for business development that are now shifting into cannabis and hemp space. Um, particularly for veterans, there's a Farmers Veteran Coalition. You know, when they're very supportive for uh, farmers across the nation, uh, and even particularly in Illinois uh, for veterans, who want to get into the farming industry. And it's not just, you know, you're thinking old school plow and tractor, uh, and not, uh, a lot of the tractors are now are electronic. You're looking at drones, some of these equipment that veterans are using uh, overseas and in, and then in, uh, here in the States, uh, they're taking that skill sets and then they're applying it to agricultural, uh, you know, uses and needs for the citizens here. So that's it. Uh, really interesting. Thing, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you know, uh, you know, you said a lot of great things there. Because I, you know, one one of the things I wanted to sort of focus on too is that you sort of made a distinction between CBD oil and uh, the you know psychoactive components of marijuana. Yeah. So you know, this is a plant that may have multiple different applications, not just you know for uh, people who uh, want to get high and that kind of thing. You know, from the uh, from the uh, mar- you know from the marijuana or the cannabis, and uh, you know people drink alcohol. We see, uh, you know, I'm a physician, so I've seen much more yeah. damage done to people's bodies with this alcohol thing, with alcoholism, and the combination of that with other drugs as well. Uh, but you know, so I think that this is something that's kind of exploratory, right? I mean, we're just starting to find mm-hmm. out what are all the uses, right? Yes, it's uh, very new. Uh, there are a few universities and institutions uh, who have been exploring hemp. Uh, while it was a scheduled drug, it was mostly in the pharmaceutical and universities, to, and, and their own is to publish uh, these articles. There are a lot of articles at NIH uh, as well on hemp. you got to really sift through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a new frontier. And the health applications have either been lost or forgotten or just uh, somewhere under a stack of papers, as we, <laughs> right, we right. like to say that uh, we need to go out and dig and then apply it to, you know, some of the uses. I can talk specifically about myself. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> you know, doc. Okay. Um, right. But I I did have some experiences, you know, with, within service and then, you know, just getting older. Uh, my body four-slip disc, you know, uh-huh. knee surgery, shoulder surgeries. Uh-huh. You know, I was on lidocaine patches, you know, hydrocodone, all sorts of things just to keep the body somewhat right. Uh, right. tolerable. Uh, and then about 2014, 2015, I was introduced by a Vietnam veteran mentor of mine, and he's like, hey, you know, try CBD. And I was like, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> right. He's like, no, 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 it's not going to get you high, anything like that. He's like, even if it did, you're taking all these other drugs. And so I tried CBD, and it was night and day, you know. Wow. You didn't wow. get the groggy feeling. Uh, I felt a little bit, you know, better with my body. I didn't have to have a drink to relax myself and felt, you know, mm-hmm. more, more relaxed. So I can speak to me, you know, my own personal experience uh, on that. But, and that's my passion. As soon as that happened to me, 2015, okay. I told every veteran, I was like, yo, you got to try CBD. You haven't, you know, issues X, Y, Z, you know, check with your doctor, but you just give it a try. You'll find it. And I tell my experience and it's been pretty much the same thing for some of the veterans. And so yeah. when we're looking at serving, Serving in the military, it, it doesn't end once you're done. You know, once you get back, it's, it's sharing your knowledge. The veterans say, like, hey, you know what? You want to go to school? This is a place that has a good program that I, I entered into that I like. Or this job is hiring. I know that, you know, you want to do X, Y, and Z. We're, we're, we continue to share our knowledge and network and resources. This is a, a, a resource or a venue of opportunity that's, uh, you know, almost endless. Uh, from because there is so much research and development left to be done, there's so many applications, and then there's also so much support nationally, state, and even locally uh, for individuals who want to help, you know, take on that burden and shoulder that responsibility to, to show what this plant can actually do, uh, both in the health and wellness and on the industrial side and textile. You know, with, you know, this whole pandemic, there's been a a huge exposure of some of the supply chains that we like domestically. Kemp can fill some of those supply chains Uh, when it comes to textile construction. We wouldn't have to import some of these things. It's a little bit even innovative. Some of the material uh, can help with some of the garbage and recycling. 
I uh, give one one uh, example oh. uh, particularly is that industrial hemp it's uh, it pulls toxins out of our ground. You know, so for farmers who have uh, issues with their crops or pesticides, or whatever, you plant a round of, of hemp, and then it pulls that toxins out. You can use those uh, the biomass and the stock and the bark uh, from the plant to make uh, you know plastic uh, hemp plastic replaceables or any other you know hemp creek insulation, and it's relatively harmless. But now the crop for the farmer is cleaned and ready without the pesticide. Mm-hmm. You have another resource and raw material for building and, uh, you know, all sorts of things. Oh, that that is fantastic. Uh, really a lot of great uh, applications you have there. Um, you know, I'm wondering also, you know, because you mentioned one thing. It was about moving from a Schedule One to a Schedule Two drug. And that is so critically important because, you know, as physicians, we carry a uh, DEA license. So we have one that's on the state level and then we have one that's at the federal level. And some those two things are out of, uh, you know, out of sorts because uh, if it's a Schedule 1, then it really is something that you can't use, <laughs> right? Um, right? And and uh, so a Schedule 2 movement is really, really important. So has that been going through or how, how what's the position of that now? Well, for him, it's a Schedule 2. Right. So they, right. it allows for uh, mm-hmm. you know private citizens to grow as well mm-hmm. as uh, some of the institutions to continue to do so uh, and still receive you know some of their federal grants uh, on cannabis. It's uh, still at the state level, so yes, it yes. hasn't been nationally you know moved mm-hmm. to a schedule two. There are a lot of organizations pushing for that, right. um, but right. with, with with the the hemp, uh, it's 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 literally been a mm-hmm. a like an egg has been cracked, uh, and everyone's making uh, their most uh, favorite omelet <laughs> or making all sorts of omelets uh, with the flexibility to do that. But were you speaking of the cannabis or just hemp? Yeah, right, the, the cannabis more so because uh, yeah. what we do is, you know, now we um, actually even on, on the, um, you know, on the state level, we'll give uh, – you know, prescriptions for cannabis for people who have PTSD and, and you know, so there's a medical use for marijuana, uh, you know, yeah. for glaucoma, those kinds of things, those conditions. And um, it's, it's still out of sorts with federal law. So I think it's really interesting because that one battle that you just mentioned, that battleground is really talking about the decriminalization of uh, the use of marijuana, of uh, cannabis. And, uh, and uh, you know, actually the hemp is already in that category uh, two, as you were mentioning, Schedule Two, but uh, that you know that decriminalization. It looks like we have the issue of people who um, actually can, uh, who are out there right now, who are uh, in the enterprises, and it was looked upon as being a, a really a criminal enterprise in our communities. And now, all of a sudden, it's really an entrepreneurial c- uh, category. So you know, so we can actually do this legitimately. And uh, legally, you know, working with the hemp and that kind of thing and, uh, you know, uh, on the state level with the marijuana. So, uh, you know, I think this is an opportunity for us to get away from this prison industrial complex as well and to get people who are in the community involved in a legitimate business. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, with that, uh, with the state of Illinois, it's got to be equitable, you know. So it's. It's, there are 33 states that have some sort of legislation or stance on cannabis, with, whether they're doing medical, recreational, or both. And Illinois has the opportunity to, once again, 
uh, as they do, as they are leaders in, in uh, the veteran uh, support, they can be leaders in getting it right for legislation and cannabis and making it equitable, making it inclusive. Some of the other states, uh, just as much as Illinois was initially on their medical uh, round, the very of entry into the cannabis industry, a lot of folks who were affected by the war on drugs you could not enter because of the capital contribution and the immense amount of resources you need to stand oh, up yeah. that business. And, yeah. you know, now with the legislation that passed last year, allowing for social equity applicants, uh, providing uh, to apply for those licenses, and then also providing them with resources uh, to stand up, help stand up their businesses through state funding or local organization, or even some of the, the folks who started, you know, their cannabis business in 2014, 2015 in Illinois, uh, giving back to those communities to, to build up the community. That's the path, but it has to be done right. You got to get more folks in uh, that were, were outside uh, initially because of either capital or criminal records that prohibited them from uh, that entry. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. So tell us, you know, where can people go for more information? We're sort of running low on time, uh, but we have to have got you have you back again. And uh, yes. I, and we're going to have a big celebration when you get that degree from the University of Chicago. So <laughs> get ready for yes. that. it's been a long time coming. I'll, I'll be sure to send it to my job. Yeah. If you want to get more information, you can look at uh, www.thehalobrand.com. That's uh, Halo Canvas. That's our website. Uh, we have a lot of inform, uh, information out there for uh, uh, all the licenses that are eligible for Illinois. Uh, also, there's another organization I sit uh, the board's treasury for seeing. It's uh, Social Equity Empowerment Network, and it's comprised of uh, social equity applicants, approximately about 400 uh, social equity applicants uh, who applied for this Illinois round and dispensary, crafts, grow, infusion, transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're the, the core of the business we're seeing is to build those businesses with support and resources. So that's uh, Social Equity Empowered Network. Okay, great. Thank you very much. We are so honored to have you, uh, Keystone. We will be looking forward to seeing you again. And, again, yeah. once you graduate, we're going to have a party for you. <laughs> but, uh, All right. Thank you, Doug. Okay. And uh, thank you for your service to the country as well. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.